You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to a super special episode of Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are counting down our favorites of the year, our favorite films of 2020, genre films, horror films, the best films that came out this year. Yeah, VOD, drive-ins, lots of drive-ins, film festival movies, we've also got a separate list for that. We're counting down our top five favorite released movies that you can watch right now, or may have already enjoyed, and then also five movies to keep an eye out for in the coming new year. Yeah, we're doing this list a little different than we normally do. We do a roundup every year, a celebratory episode of our favorite films of the year. This year, we're doing it a little different because pandemic, movies got shuffled around, released weird. Some of the big movies we were expecting this year didn't come out. Uh, Some of the festival movies that normally wouldn't have come out have come out. So normally what we do is we just do one big list where we include stuff that hasn't been released yet that we've seen at festivals and stuff that's been released. Um, so we're we're starting we're hitting reset. We're doing something yeah. completely different. The movies on our each individual top five lists have been released. You can watch them now. But our honorable mentions list will include films that have not yet been released and that will be hitting us in 2021. It's kind of fun, super exciting. It's going to be a little hard for me, I think, personally because. Some of my films that were on my top 10 list last year would technically now be eligible for this year's oh, list. Oh, yeah. I think half of my list yes. was released in <laughs> January, February. So we'll definitely name those films in the honorable mentions just so we don't double dip and double list them. But there are some films that were amazing that came out this year that we won't be recognizing um, because we've already recognized them. So they were on our list last year. We, we'll we, shout them out. We'll shout them out. We'll I, make sure that they get some credit. I, honestly, I think that's partly the reason why we're we're kind of using this as a good opportunity to hit reset, uh, which seems to be like what most of the world is doing on, on every problem we have, which is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the biggest of all for us, how we handle our favorites of the year list, our top tens, I think from now on probably might only be five released films, five festival films. We'll see how things go in 2021. It's going to be, it might be a stacked year. We might have a lot of movies to cover in 2021. Yeah, it all all depends on that vaccination rollout. (laughs) It's so funny. I was thinking about recording this episode last year. And, you know, a question that I'm going to ask you at the end of this episode. uh, I asked last year, what movie are you most looking forward to in 2020? None of those movies have come out yet. Oh, my God. It was like Antlers and Halloween Kills. I think we're like two of the biggest ones that we were like, fuck, yeah, can't wait. That's so crazy. The the most looking forward to next year is going to be the exact same. Exact same. That's so weird. All right. Without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah, let's start with the, the top five films that have been released this year. Okay, so we didn't take the time before starting to record or to set up an order, and I don't remember what we did last year. So would you like to do a one out of one rock, paper, scissors in order to oh, okay. determine who goes first? Sure. Let's okay. do it. Are you ready? Okay. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors. scissors. Ah! Whoa! Kim goes first. Scissors beat paper. Okay. <laughs> Shit, I wanted to go second. Um, so kicking off the list, top five of the year, number five, 
was one that we watched very recently. Oh, cool. Yeah, we, we kind of did a little crunch time before recording this. Yeah, I think looking at my letterbox, it was like, what, 30 movies in seven days? Yeah, we wanted to catch, make sure we saw any of the, the, the films that we missed throughout this year because a lot of films were released, obviously, on VOD and Slipping a Spy. And um, yeah, we played major catch-up. And luckily, luckily that we did because two films on my list no way were films that we watched very recently I'm so glad to hear that because uh, and this is usually a me move usually just like oh I just watched this I really like it it's on my top 10 I always feel so guilty doing that because I'm like is it a recent thing am I not giving the other films enough weight because maybe some like there are films that we watched before the pandemic that I don't even remember was this year Oh, yeah. It's it, insane. It's crazy. Can you it believe The like Grudge <laughs> came out this year? It feels like years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my number five is Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. That's great. The Netflix horror film. It is Polish. It is a really fun camp monster movie in the woods. And it's such a fun blast. Oh, yeah. And it's it's crazy to see the ratings on Letterboxd. I think maybe it's just, you know, a bunch of people that have, you know, just like stumbled across it on Netflix. It came out in that, you know, avalanche of October releases that every streaming platform was going through. Um, but I think this movie's awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. And I found it just really solid, like a really consistent film. Like when you want to sit down and you want to like just escape into a next Netflix movie, this one was like such a surprise. Or just escape into a Friday the 13th movie that you've never seen before. Yeah, and it had all of those fun classic vibes. It had that like the camping experience and the all of these unique teenagers coming together from different worlds who don't belong together. And it was just a fun premise. It was like this anti-phone social media camp. You know, I gotta say, one of the only movies I've seen recently that is very blatant about, like, how do we get rid of the kids' cell phones and, like, use it to their advantage. Yeah, so uh, that's my number five pick. Nobody Sleeps in the Woods tonight, and it is on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, like, if any other reason to watch it, it's just got some great kills in it, some real fun kills. And it's gross. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Fun score, too. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Uh, My number five pick, Jim Cummings, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh! I really like this movie. I think it is like a perfect werewolf true crime movie. Like it is it is Silence of the Lambs for werewolf fans. That's that's how I'm pitching it. That's how I think you should look at it. And it's it's also super hilarious. Jim if you haven't seen it, Jim Cummings, the writer, director, star of the film, is a recovering alcoholic who's dealing with the stress of being a small town. Sheriff? De- Deputy Sheriff? Yeah. His dad's the sheriff, played by Robert Forster in, I think, his final role. It's it, it's great. You know, maybe, maybe the fact that it's his final role maybe taints it a little bit for me. I really love Robert Forster. But uh, equally a great small town, sort of Twin Peaksy type type uh, movie. And very also, Twin Peaksy. Very, yeah. It's like Twin Peaks, Sounds of the Lambs, Werewolf. And it's a really fun film because it you think it's going to be like a straight horror comedy, but the comedy is so pitch black at moments that you're doing that nervous, uncomfortable laugh and that you're just like, oh, this is awful for everyone. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. And um, My favorite kind of humor, really. <laughs> and I also, like, it's got a great ending. I can't talk about it. But the character that Jim Cummings plays, which he kind of plays in a lot of his movies, let's just be real, he's great in it because he is, uh, you know, he's recovering from alcoholism, but he's like, he's a rageaholic more than anything else. Like, he's got a serious anger problem. So, like, realistically, he's the big bad wolf that's kind of, like, stomping around his town trying to find another bigger, badder wolf that's just, like, killing people. It's real good. It's real fun. You found some cinematic parallels. Ooh. (laughs) 
So my again, my number five pick, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. VOD? Yeah, available on VOD, video on demand. I have a feeling it'll probably hit Netflix. Maybe, possibly, who knows? They might pick it up. His first film, Thunder Road, not horror whatsoever, also on Netflix. So it just seems like an okay destination spot. So my number four film. Yeah. Another movie we watched very recently. That's totally fine. <laughs> I, I love that you did that because a lot of those movies uh, did not make it anywhere on my list. Oh, good. So that, that, that's good because I think our lists are going to be a little varied, which I was worried about because there was only five. I thought this would be the one year where they would be identical. Exactly the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so my number four pick is Swallow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had such a blast with this film. I was not expecting to. The The premise itself is very simple. A woman moves into a really affluent family. She marries um, a man who, unfortunately, is not the greatest dude. And she has no identity in the family. And she's pregnant and develops this habit of eating inanimate objects, like non-food things, like marbles and safety pins and push pins. That fucking thumbtack? Uh, yeah. Oh, God. It, it's really uncomfortable, um, but it's really gorgeously shot. It's it's such a great character study. And I really, really, like, found myself loving this movie. Yeah, one of the, like, perfect endings of the year that I've that I've seen in a movie. Like, such an incredible ending. Also, slight has some slightly emotional shit in it too. It, another movie that gets super dark, like yeah, and the like the it is a body horror technically, but it, it's so clean and simply done that it almost doesn't fit in the realm of horror. Other than the fact that there's a woman eating dirt and sharp objects, but the story and the journey and like kind of like what's actually ailing this woman is. It's dark stuff, so I oh, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, it's like a psychological horror that never really tips into being like trippy, which which tends to happen. I some like incredible performances, like solid screenplay. I'm super happy it's on your list because it, it was just like it's it's like circling around my honorable mentions right now. So I'm glad we got some time to talk about it. Yay! Okay, so that is Swallow for my number four pick, and that one I think was released by IFC. Yeah, IFC Midnight. Yeah, you can find that wherever you find your finest VOD films. <laughs> My number four, another IFC film, the Russian alien sci-fi horror Sputnik. Oh, yay! Yeah, directed by Igor Abramenko, uh, who we had on the podcast actually earlier this year. I really, really like this movie. It checks so many boxes for me, right? Cosmonauts, Cold War, oh, aliens. So <laughs> it is like you're, you're in complete zone. <laughs> oh, yeah, just like cold, concrete, oppressive atmosphere. Parasites! Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> Man, there's there's an alien in this movie that you have to fucking see. You know, like I, th- I think we talked about it on the podcast, uh, you know, already. But you know, like two two beings go into space, three come home. Like it's fucking wild. It's got some crazy, crazy moments, and it just uh, another movie that just like has like puts like such a fucking bow on the end of it. Like what an incredible final image this movie has, and. More sci-fi than, like, I normally tip into, I think. But, uh, you know, the alien in this movie does some pretty horrifying shit. Also, the fact that they used real-ass spacesuits, like cosmonaut spacesuits, gives this movie a whole star bump. <laughs> oh, yeah. Early 80s Russian behind the Iron Curtain Na- NASA type stuff? I don't know what the name of their space program was. <laughs> Cosmonautish stuff? Anyway, it was super great. Super loved it. And, um... I don't know if it's in the trailer or not, but like if if you've heard of this movie and you've you know put it aside already, uh, my my last pitch to to say like this is a movie you should watch. The alien lives inside 
this astronaut's stomach. And it comes out every night to feed. Which also implies that it fucking goes back in. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's it's wild. Like, it, like that was such an incredible discovery for me when that moment came, that little detail. So I'm so sorry if I spoiled it for you. But if you've been putting it off, this is the reason to watch it. It's gross. <laughs> so again, my number four from Igor Abramenko, Sputnik. Okay, so my number three pick, and I think this is where we're going to start having some crossovers. I think from here on it might be identical. I don't know, John. Okay, I I will say number three, still a wild card. I got a a twist for you in my number one slot. Oh, do you? I do. Hopefully, maybe. Maybe you have the exact same thing. Who knows? Let's find out. All right, so my number three pick is the Shutter Blowout host. Ooh. I'm just looking, I'm just gauging your reaction. <laughs> I'm just trying to see where you have it. Uh, yeah, everybody Everybody watched Host this year. It was the pandemic horror film that surprised us all. This tiny little screen horror with uh, a Zoom call seance gone wrong and definitely wins the award for the scariest movie I saw this year. That That, that is the other thing that I, I always have a problem with when I'm putting together my list. Like, not an incredible amount of scares. Like, my, my lists are like, these movies are all unnerving <laughs> i liked them <laughs> but yeah like you uh, what, what what am i gonna say about hosts that hasn't already been said already perfect film like could not have come out at a better time perfect use of the medium i 10 out of 10 would host again <laughs> yeah we've i think we've watched it three times already this year oh, we, i'll probably watch it a fourth we had the amazing opportunity of interviewing jed shepherd rob savage and Gemma hurley the writers and director of the movie and it was such a fun conversation. It was one of our very first Nightmare Alley episodes. Yeah. And uh, we just had such a blast with them. They're such genuine, wonderful people. They now have a Blumhouse deal to make like three more movies. They're and working I'm, with Sam Raimi. I'm which, just yeah. so stoked for them. I'm so excited for their future. I cannot wait to love every single one of their movies. But if you haven't watched Toast, it's on, it's on Shutter. It's a tight like 78 minutes. It is such a fun blast. Yeah, you can even find their short film Dawn of the Deaf on YouTube as well. That's a really good short if you like zombie stuff. So, yeah, number three, host. My number three pick. Oh? Another IFC movie. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it was a big year for IFC for me. Also, honestly, just a big year for IFC in general. I think they kept the movie theater experience alive by bringing their films to drive-ins, not just around America, but also Canada. Like, I'm sure they did their best to try and do as much internationally as they could, but drive-ins seemed to be mostly a North American yeah, thing. Yeah, shout out to IFC Midnight this year. Like, they killed it. Yeah. Killed it with releases. Yeah, there there was an incredible article, I think in Forbes, maybe Variety, really talking about how they are, how they their theatrical earnings hadn't really changed in 2020 versus 2019. And that's really thanks to drive-in movie theaters. Yeah, and I remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, the wretched saved drive-ins. I remember seeing the wretched a couple of times at drive-ins just because it was the only new movie out there we would see like the wretched paired with scream 2 the yeah, wretched paired, paired with, with becky <laughs> yeah so congrats to that movie because it's such a fun uh summer watch i'm so glad it got the drive-in experience it was kind of like the perfect worst situation ever yeah and they and they were also putting out like grindhouse style posters to advertise their movies like as if you're going to see some like fucking highbrow a-class horror movie in the 80s in the middle of fucking nowhere (laughs) uh including my number three pick natalie erica james's relic i'm very surprised you're very surprised i'm very surprised this movie rocked me to my fucking core (laughs) like holy shit there are a bunch of movies on this list including swallow that just like really had some like oh fuck it i cried watching these movies 
I yeah, I'm so glad that you loved it so much. It's a really emotional movie. Oh yeah. Which is maybe the only reason why I don't have it on my list because like, yo, you made me cry. Yeah. How <laughs> dare you make me feel things <laughs> in a year where I'm incredibly vulnerable. <laughs> Yeah, no, this movie was great and just like had some of the most perfect nightmare imagery of the year. Um, damn, you know what I'm realizing across like, almost my entire list is endings. Like every single one of these movies just fucking lands oh. a punch right in the final moments of the movie. And this one is no exception. When we rewatch this movie, I don't know if I will be able as gorgeous and wonderful as the ending is. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it again. I know I know exactly what you mean. Thinking about it right now, it's just like, you really got to work up the... Knowing how this movie ends, you really got to work up the courage to sit through it again. Which is nuts. Like, it's a weight, this movie. And it is a weight. And like, oh boy, it's, it just dips into, like, the darkest parts of humanity while still being an incredible horror movie. Like, and it's visually wonderful. There's a really great Christmas tree moment at the very beginning. Oh my god, that fucking <laughs> scene where, like, the water is just, like, slowly dripping down the carpet of the stairs and grandma's just hanging out being weird. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And so, it's, so good. It's kind of inspired by a short film called Cresswick. Uh, I, I know we've talked about it on the podcast before. It's maybe one of my sh- favorite short films ever. Oh, yeah. Same themes, very similar story, but uh, Relic really goes into detail with kind of that that journey. It's It's got a, a really great story about memory and identity and, Ooh, and it hurts. family. <laughs> oh, it, it, it hurts. Oh. And like the loss of those things, and it's just oh, it's a it's a heavy horror film. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a lot of people comparing it to movies like Hereditary, mostly because of that family story. Like, don't go, definitely don't go in expecting Hereditary, um, but you know, movie takes place one family in a single house, and you just really explore the depths of horror that come from adult life. Um, it's also, uh, actually, by the time this episode comes out, will be on Netflix, at the very least in Canada, I assume also in the United States. I keep getting ads for it, letting me know that, like, if you're brave enough, you can rewatch this again soon. So <laughs> yeah, it's our maybe. screensaver on Netflix right now. Yeah, so, uh, I, again, I would highly encourage you to check that out, but be ready for it. That's Natalie Erica James's Relic. And I think Cresswick, the short, is is available on YouTube through, um, through Alter. So my number two pick, and I'm going to make a bet. That this is going to be your number one. I oh, think. okay. Well, I think I think you you're probably right. Okay. Um, now so I I gotta know what your number one is. My number two pick is Possessor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll bury uh, the lead. That's my number one. <laughs> uh, maybe I I'll, I could like give way to you because this is definitely your movie. This, no, uh, no, 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 no. Brandon Cronenberg, son of David Cronenberg. Take, taking up the torch and and doing this this evolution on body horrors where you think it's going to be a body horror just because of ha- the physicality of it, but like surprise of rise is a mind fuck horror. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the it's the kind of body horror that exists inside your psyche. Like it just destroys like body horror very much about like the destruction of you physically. This is the destruction of you mentally, like entirely, like and everything that that you are as a being like everything that you would describe yourself as everything that people see you as it's the destruction of all of that in service of becoming something new but then also displaying that visually and and using the those classic tried and true body horror tropes to convey the mental breakdown is really cool there's a, there's some really great I don't want to say nightmare sequences because they're not nightmare sequences no yeah but nightmare visuals that are extremely effective like get under your skin in the same way that his first film antiviral did and obviously david cronenberg's work 
just so unsettling and so creepy and some really fucking amazing performances. Yeah. I mean, you can piggyback on this because, yeah, like this is this is definitely your movie more than it was mine, but it made my t- number two slot and I got to take first. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, fuck it. I'll talk about it some more. Uh, <laughs> like the craziest thing to me is the amount of time and preparation they put into making this movie because if you've seen any of the promo materials for it, uh, if you've watched it already, um, you may be surprised to, to learn that everything you see is practical and in camera. Uh, including the lighting. Like, there's some really hypnotic visuals, but none of that is done in post. So, like, the the deterioration that you're seeing in the image, the blending of things together, uh, there's some really fucking wild stuff in those, like, quote-unquote nightmare sequences that you're talking about that is just, I can't believe that they that the color that I'm seeing was actually shot. Like, it's it's wild. It's insane. And yeah, like, I... Oh, man, we gotta do an episode on this movie at some point because I really want to talk a lot about it. And I also don't want to necessarily ruin it for anybody. Yeah. There's an actual story at the heart of this where there's a twist and there's a there's some really great reveals in the movie that obviously, like, we we couldn't even go into without spoiling it. But the, the movie makes it on my list alone by, like, visual aesthetic and the, the violence of it and, like, the how beautifully grotesque it is at, at times. Oh, Absolutely. And it features two incredible performances from Andrea Riseborough and Christopher Abbott, essentially playing the same person. Uh, because, like, TLDR, Andrea Riseborough is a corporate assassin who literally possesses people, hence the title, um, and sort of becomes like a puppeteer inside a person's body and then carries out assassinations as that person then kills themselves, comes back into her body as Andrea Riseborough, and nobody knows that she killed anybody for corporate gain, is, is the premise of the movie but we are she's watching. an assassin for hire she's an assassin for hire but she is losing herself doing that but or alternately she's questioning who she is like there's oh man what an incredible movie uh <laughs> fuck I just, and the synopsis stops here <laughs> yes yeah there's oh there's some in- unbelievable moments in this and just absolutely grotesque like if you are looking for some good gory practical effects uh this is definitely the movie for you Kevin. So that's my number two. John's number one. Yeah. <laughs> Possessor from Brandon Cronenberg. My number two pick, uh, as we probably alluded to already, is the found footage spectacular that is Host. Uh, Host is incredible. <laughs> like like Kim said, we've watched it three times. I, I cannot say more nice things about it. Like the performances. Like the, that, That's the thing. Found footage never gets enough credit for the performances that it's that it gets from its actors because we just discounted like oh these are real people i i think or at least that's the hope with found footage that you're able to get to a place where you think that these are real people and i think host really succeeds in doing oh, that oh and so quick and early like we are with this gang almost immediately because oh, yeah, they're they so, are they are friends you could feel it they're right? so endearing and like the the fun gossip and just the the understanding of the medium they're using like they they so expertly use Zoom in this movie that it is gobsmacking. Gobsmacking. Absolutely. And like that's that's honestly the one thing found footage always needs is the excuse for the medium. And like this has the best excuse, the best explanation, and the best use of it. And on top of that, two of the most incredible scares ever in found footage at the very least but i'm saying two probably two of the best scares all year there's the face recognition scare which is just like Like, oh (laughs) oh my god is that incredible and then the virtual background jesus christ so good like i don't understand how this movie was 
thought of filmed released this year like like this movie looks like it took 10 years of preparation like the only the only other possible scenario is that everybody involved in this movie created COVID-19 and released it on the world so they could finally film this (laughs) so that's my number two pick which you can watch on Shudder right now and I highly encourage you to do it because it's only 70 minutes it is a perfect length for the for the medium like everything about it is just the fucking credits are listed as, like, participants in the host meeting. Like, uh, I'm sorry. It's good. It's very good. It's I like, good. I liked it quite a lot. <laughs> All right, so my number one pick. Yeah, okay. This, this is interesting. <laughs> I, I'm looking at my list of movies that have come out also, and like, hmm. So it's a, it's a little bit of a surprise. It's a little bit of a left fielder. I have no idea what's coming. It's uh, a little bit maybe cheating. You jerk. What did you do? Dracula. What? (laughs) What? Yes. Yes. Okay. Are we talking the entire thing? I just threw my book. Dracula, particularly episode one. Yeah. Okay. Take take the floor. It was my absolute favorite uh, experience of the year. The the Dracula miniseries. It's on Netflix. It is three episodes. It follows Dracula being Dracula. In the most wonderful of ways, we are following Van Helsing, Dracula, and Jonathan Harker. It's kind of their stories intertwined, reimagined. Um, Van Helsing is a nun, and she is <laughs> the most kick-ass nun of all time. Dracula is so cool, and the first episode alone has one of the most amazing Dracula experiences Ever in the world. I have a title for it because I talk about it so much. I call it Dracula in the Nunnery. Yeah. And if you have not seen Dracula, please do watch it. It is so good. Uh, unfortunately, the second and the third episode aren't as amazing as the first, but the first episode is single-handedly one of the greatest interpretations of Dracula of all time. Absolutely. So much so that, uh, yeah, number one for, for me for the year. Man, I'm so glad. I honestly did not expect us to be talking about Dracula. It's, I am so happy. It's so crazy because I number one. I was humming and hawing. I was like, do I put this on my discoveries? Because technically it's a mini series. But then I was like, okay, maybe I'll put it on my honorable mentions. And I was like, that's not enough credit. You know, and even though I didn't necessarily absolutely love the second and the third episodes, they do some really creative stuff and there's some really wonderful, wonderful fucking shit. I don't I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched, but like there's a Dracula at the bottom of the sea moment. Uh, <laughs> like there's there's like some mystery on a boat and there's like, oh, it's it, it, it becomes like an Agatha Christie story at one point. That's what I was going to say. Like, I'm real surprised to hear that like you I, maybe what you need to do now is go back and rewatch it because I think maybe is the problem is like it reaches such highs. It's very jarring. One. Yeah, like it's it completely shifts gears from part to part, and you know I mean they, they do mostly take place in different periods also, so it kind of justifies it a little bit. But like part two is nothing like part one. Part three is nothing like part two. So who's to say? Maybe part two and it's all of its Agatha Christie murder mystery on a boat style stuff. Like you might actually walk away liking it a lot more. I, I really enjoy the ending of it and it's not classic Dracula. Yeah. It, it makes some very, it's very bold. Like the, yes. it, it really goes, it, it goes for it with this mini series, almost in the fact that you're wondering like, why was this a mini series? Why didn't we just, each episode in itself could have been a season, a full season of a TV show. Oh yeah. We could have had three years of Dracula with how, with how far they stretched. But aren't you so happy you got to just like sit down and watch six hours of Dracula yes, in one like, go? I totally suggest that when we take some like Christmas time, 
Oh, Dracula in the Nunnery time? Dracula yeah, we day. Do that. Like yeah. hot Dracula cocoa. Day. Hot cocoa, like robes and slippers, footies out on the floor, like watching Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad that's on your list. I can't believe it's number one. Number one. I thought about putting it in there too, but I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. We'll see. There's just so many other you know, surprisingly, despite the fact that like the year got uh, flipped turned upside down, a lot of good movies released this year. Uh, and let's let's get into uh, let's get into a few of our uh, well, honorable mentions. I think you sh- I think you should at least say your number one. My no. number one pick <laughs> of twenty twenty, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. Now I know you didn't see this coming. <laughs> <laughs> I totally knew the second I wrote it on my list. I was just like, man, if I get to go first, he's. It doesn't even matter because it, it being lower, like I I get to say it first. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool though. For only having list of five this year, we only had two overlaps, which was Host and Possessor. Yeah, it's a, those. The, these are ten great movies. Ten at least ten eight great recommendations. Yeah, no, that's so cool because like every single film on your list, I totally loved all of them, and I'm and like, I'm, 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 you know, I'm crazy about some of yours too. <laughs> No, like you got some, you got some solid picks on there, and I'm, I'm also very happy that the, about our spread. Like I think we've, yeah. we've reached a lot of different like subgenres and classifications of horror. I'm always worried that we don't have enough like classic horror on our list. So like, yeah, I'm glad we got some host on there. Nobody sleeps uh, alone in the woods. Yes, yeah, like some monster sleep- movie stuff. This is like- a charcuterie board of horror <laughs> picks, right? Some tapas. Okay, so honorable mentions. I don't know if we did this the same. I'm really hoping we did. I did not put mine in order, so. I figure we'll just alternate back and forth. I put mine in order, but I will I will just not read them in order. Hodgepodge. Especially because yeah. if we have some overlap and we can both just talk I, about them. I, I also want to say that, like, I have a lot of honorable mentions. <laughs> so here's here's what I'm going to do. I do have five that I have listed, and I've got, like, some backups, you know, just in case, you know, um, in case one breaks down. So if... Um, if one of my movies... Are you going to start crossing them off to, like, cover, like, talking about this? If you say something that's on this list... I'm going to cross it off and put in something else. <laughs> that's that's my plan. Like, really, I have a top 13. I have, like, eight honorable mention picks, and if there's some overlap, I'm going to use that as an opportunity to try and uh, recommend something else. Well, you can squeak in as many movies as you want. Just don't go on and on about them. <laughs> okay, fine. Which is, which is my M.O. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I have a blend of movies that I, I saw that just didn't make my top five cut, and then there's also those movies that have not come out at this point. Yeah, most but, of these are probably going to be film festival finds. So, we'll we'll make sure to mention if they are not out yet and they're things to like put on your watch list for 2021. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so my first shout out is going to be something that's out already. Ooh. Uh it's on Shutter, mm. 32 Malasana Street. Super spooky, super scary. Javier Botet in two roles. He obviously plays the iconic monster of the film, who is so fucking terrifying. And he's the realtor as well. We get to see Javier Botet in a suit. It's such a nice surprise, uh, because Javier Botet, if, if you aren't familiar with the name, is the modern-day monster. He plays every single monster on screen, apart from the ones that Doug Jones plays. It's Javier Botet. Yeah, they basically high-five each other as they pass from <laughs> production to production. Yeah, um, it is just a really spooky movie. And... Um, James Wan level of scares. Oh, absolutely. You're a Conjuring fan? You gotta check out 32 Malasana Street. Yeah, some brilliantly crafted scares, great atmosphere, wonderful cinematography. Just a spooky old haunted apartment. Yeah, super spook. My first pick I'm gonna throw out there, Ryan Kruger's Fried Berry. Yay! I fucking 
love this movie. And I, uh, it's it's coming out in 2021. It's not released yet. It's a movie that we saw at Fantasia uh, this year, and uh, and I've, I watched it twice during the festival. Like we got a screener for it, and I also watched it while it was playing live or on VOD as part of the festival. This movie kicks so much ass. Such a weird movie. Super weird. Weird in all of the best ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. South African. Uh, sort of UFO. Ooh. Yeah, UFO drug movie. How do you how do you describe <laughs> trippy it? experience? Yeah, if you really like all of those weird trippy visuals in Natural Born Killers, that's the whole movie. Like, so a a heroin addict uh, gets abducted by an alien, maybe, and then also becomes possessed by that alien. Maybe, and then just wanders around experiencing the nightlife of South Africa. Man, it's a Cape Town. Uh, man, what a good movie! What a strange, weird, bizarre, unique film. Uh, pure midnight madness. I cannot wait for you guys to check it out. Also, brace yourself. Slightly gross sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Fried Berry, and it's to be announced 2021. That's right. I got another one that's been out released already. Let's hear it. It was a fun little surprise. Clive Barker's Books of Blood. Oh, that movie was really good. Yeah, uh, it's on Hulu. It is a three-part movie based on Clive Barker's Books of Blood, and it's just a fun little anthology that's got a bunch of spooky stories. There's a really great old couple who are very creepy, which is like one of my favorite <laughs> things ever. And it's it's really hard to lose when you have a creepy old couple who are like absolutely endearing and sweet. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love me some creepy grandmas like who bake cookies and shit, but like are evil. Yeah, what's in them cookies, right? Yeah. So uh, definitely check out Books of Blood if you have an afternoon because like it's, it's such an easy watch too because it's like shorts that slip so well into each other and it's kind of got an over an overarching story. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The connective tissue of, of the stories, like the, the interstitials, I guess we'll say, like how the stories mingle with one another is brilliantly done. And I'm just obsessed with the actual book in the Books of Blood. If you don't know anything about it, I don't want to give it away, but like I'm glad they kept it. Oh, man, what a great, cool idea that could have only come from the mind of Clive Barker. Yeah, super fun, super spook, Books of Blood on Hulu. Another festival pick from me, from Fantasia again also. It was a great year at Fantasia this year. Adam Reimer's Dinner in America. That's online too. Yes, I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, So Dinner in America, definitely the least horror movie that I'm going to be talking about today on the podcast. Uh, It's definitely the cutest movie on the list. (laughs) Uh, it It is a punk rock love story that could only exist in middle America. I don't know how else to describe the yeah, movie. Yeah, like, it's just a little love story. Yeah, it's, it's cute and about misfits just like finding their own and and finding a place they can fit in, and it's like with each other. Yeah, but it, it also has a lot of cutting commentary about America in the most nice, polite, possible, not even in your face way. Uh, again. Oh boy, what a great ending. What a great final fucking line. This movie also features maybe the most earwormy song you're ever gonna hear oh boy i cannot wait until that song is on spotify i am ready for it to be in my my end of your top list from spotify next year and you know like the, the title of the movie really suggests it um it, it, a lot of the interactions in this movie are around different dinners that uh, our main character simon is having with people not entirely but but largely like different dinners in America. It's oh, it's a really good movie. I can't wait for you guys to check it out. No release date on that yet, but I promise that I will let you know when I know uh, when it's coming. 
Another movie that we saw on the festival circuit this year that's not out yet that I want to put in my honorable mentions is Slacks, S-L-A-X-X. Man, we are putting together a good list of recommendations. I like this movie a lot. It is an evil jeans movie. If you've ever worked in retail and had to deal with that weird corporate part-time minimum wage nonsense of uh, and the the corporate jargon and lingo in like false happy world then slacks is absolutely for you it follows a store on like an overnight like think of like black friday sale prep and uh there's an evil pair of jeans murdering the employees and it is just fucking wonderful like it is is as absurd as you think it's gonna be uh with like an animate pair of jeans but it also has a surprising actual story to it which was super refreshing and super fun and uh yeah i i came from the the retail world and i i was a retail manager for a while and i it, it crushed my soul. So <laughs> I really appreciated this movie. I loved it. It was hilarious. It was so much fun. That's coming from the Horror Collective. Slacks. I don't know if it has a release date yet, but... To be honest, I think it's hitting Shudder in 2021. Sweet! I yeah. Think, yeah, I think Slacks. it's coming. Super fun. It also does not shy away from, like, the dark nature of the globalization of oh, retail Oh, yeah. Life. Like, and something that horror doesn't touch on a lot is, like, without... Uh, George A. Romero's zombies is like, yeah, commercialism and uh, capitalism of <laughs> oh, and also, of retail. <laughs> and, and also in a, a real fun post-credit sequence where we get to see puppeteers moving the jeans yeah, around. Yeah, and like how the jeans are animated and it's so much fun. All right, a movie that we saw at the Nightstream Film Festival this year from Jesse Blanchard. We are talking, I'm going to recommend, you keep an eye out, for the gory puppet horror movie, Frank and Zed. I'm so glad you put this on your list. This movie was a blast. Like, it's it's essentially, uh, like, I, you know, I hate saying, like, it's 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 really gory Muppets, but that's kind of exactly what you're but in But it's for. really gory Muppets. It's a fucking Frankenstein Muppet and a zombie Muppet, and they're best friends hanging out in a castle together just trying to survive, just trying to, to ignore all of the shitheads that live in the village down below. Um, it's a surprisingly touching story about like their friendship and what they mean to each other um but also all of the effects in the movie super gory practical effects like you want to see like felt puppets tear each other open to release like a gooey brain and just like an avalanche of blood and shit it is wild and we have an interview with uh, with the director on the on the website also if you want to check that out at nofspodcast.com just look up frank and said um really really enjoyed this movie it's a hell of a lot of fun i think it might make you cry <laughs> now is that one out yet that one is not out yet so um but you know if you want a sampling of what what he does uh you can take a look for shine or Shine 3D, the short film that he made with a barbershop quartet that's trying to uh that that lives in fear of losing their space in the spotlight, I guess is the best way to describe it. It's it's really fun and uh, I'm really looking forward to more horror puppets. My next pick for honorable mentions, definitely one that is somewhere on your list. I know it absolutely is because it was this weird weird movie that I remember looking over at you at one point, and we both had our mouths open. Uh, <laughs> Climate of the Hunter. Yes. Yeah, such a odd, odd movie. Um, and a movie that's been chasing us around for almost two years. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that it is actually not out, out yet. Yeah, really surprising. Especially because online, like, when you try to look into it, it says that it had a 2019 release, but, like, 
not here. <laughs> yeah, and also Mickey Reese, the the director, really interesting guy. Uh, actually, our our features editor Grant did a really great interview with him. That's also on the website. Uh, I encourage you to check that out. But he's he's the kind of movie. He's the kind of filmmaker that just doesn't really sit around and wait for stuff to happen. You've maybe never heard of him. He's got like 17 movies under his belt. Which is crazy. But Climate of the Hunter is kind of a vampire story. Yeah. It's got such a groovy 70s aesthetic. And it is, one, it's lovely to look at. Two, it's very, very odd. And... There's a lot of, like, food imagery, like, akin to, like, the Vincent Price cookbook. Oh, yeah. And I just fucking enjoyed it. It's like I, a dinner I, party at the edge of reality, yes, right? Yes, yeah. I never sunk into a movie and just, like, let it be like, oh, yeah, okay, so this came out in 1972 and just, like, let it, just let it win me over. Yeah, if this recommendations list was a house that we were building, this would be the very shaggy carpet that we put in, like, an obnoxious shaggy carpet like mustard that, we put into brown. Our, that we put into our sunken living room. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great pick. Uh, wanna one one movie I definitely wanna throw some love to. Uh, what do I got left? One more pick. Yeah, one more pick, and then we can do the things we we honored already that that need to be mentioned again. Okay, that's fine. Then I, I want to take this last minute to recommend Quinn Armstrong's Survival Skills. Uh, in fact, I think this movie is available on VOD right now uh, at the time that this podcast comes out. Um super duper strange movie. I don't think you're going to see anything like it anywhere else you look for movies. It's uh, presented as a police instructional video uh, narrated by Stacy Keach, who has just the most fucking growly voice, graveliest <laughs> voice. Like, he's the voice of fucking God. Uh, and not even just inside this movie. I'm saying, like, I... Will... In general. In general. Stacy Keach, intimidating man. He is essentially our narrator who's talking over a happy-go-lucky police officer, Jim, I think is his name, uh, Who and we're going about his day. The narrator tells him what he's supposed to do. It's like and, an instructional video. Yeah, and then it takes a really dark turn, and it gets weird and odd, and, like, Jim recognizes that, like, maybe this domestic dispute call that they went on didn't actually end as nicely as they thought, and maybe she's in real danger, and he starts to deviate from the movie he's in yes exactly it does a lot of really strange things and honestly has one of the most interesting post-production uh processes that i've i've, I've ever heard of uh, the director quinn armstrong had filmed digitally transferred it to vhs tapes and then distorted the vhs tapes like himself to create digital fuzz which honestly is almost like it almost acts like a score in the movie like it underscores tension and atmosphere and dread and it's just very oddly dark movie for how fun it is it's the it's probably the most david lynch thing you'll see this year that wasn't directed by david lynch that's pretty great it it was a really fun trippy watch very strange so my my last pick i just need to mention because um if if it had been eligible this year, it definitely would have been on my number one again. Uh, but it, it was oh. <laughs> it was my number one last year, um, so I, I I didn't want to double dip there. But I did want to give a shout out to the Mortuary Collection, which landed on Shutter in October. My absolute favorite movie of 2019, technically a 2020 movie, just fantastical. We've talked about it so much on the podcast. We got to interview Ryan Spindell at release. Um, that's a Nightmare Alley episode. If you want to listen to that, that's earlier in the feed. Such a fun, fucking fun horror anthology with like fantasy and the the greatest soundtrack 
of modern times. <laughs> yeah, what an incredible horror anthology, right? Oh, like, like such a 50s vibe, just a complete wonderful aesthetic. The perfect October watch. Like, I'll, like I, I always describe it as a Halloween movie, but like nothing about it is actually quote unquote Halloween. So I'm just saying October. Yes. If you're a fan of Trick or Treat, it is just definitely going to be so up your alley. It's got that intermingled stories. It kind of happens all through one overarching overarching night that blends into the overall stories it's just oh just such such a wonderful movie yeah i I think uh a a good handful of movies from my 2019 list were released earlier this year uh including the vast of night vfw color out of space and come to daddy like of those if there's if you haven't seen any of them i i highly encourage you to check out come to daddy come to daddy i still think about it to this day constantly and i think uh i i honestly i don't know how far reaching this is but i i know that it was recently released on crave so check your vod and on-demand platforms and whatever you got with your cable channels it's a pretty good chance you can watch come to daddy right now but a few other movies that i just wanted to like throw a oh you got to. more you got more well yeah I, I, I unfortunately i do uh leap of faith just came to shutter i think it's an incredible documentary made by alexandra felipe who did 7852 and memory origins of alien it's all about the exorcist he only interviews william friedkin and uh you know william friedkin bit of a madman but uh what a fascinating storyteller and filmmaker hard to say like when you look at the finished product like i really don't think you should have been firing guns on set or hurting people but you know like he he has a lot of really interesting things to say about his inspiration and his process the undertaker's home which was another movie we saw at fantasia that i'm really honestly surprised was not on your honorable mentions (laughs) it made me cry oh boy yeah like (laughs) some another great ghost story that happens inside a mortuary with an incredibly emotional ending that is just, it, it's also full of some great scares. Like, I'd really keep an eye out to, for that to, one. To piggyback on that, there's another horror, horror movie that came to Shudder that was super spooky, um, but it didn't make either of our lists. La Llorona. Yes. Was a, just a completely devastating, ghosty horror film. If you're looking for, like, a really dark, slow night... Uh, with a classic ghost story, it was very spooky. Yeah, super enjoyed Lyra. And beautiful. Yes, it's almost like a A24 movie that A24 didn't put out. Mm-hmm. Fuck, St. Maud came out this year, depending on where you live. That's uh, another movie that I think was on our 2019 list. May have come out. <laughs> May, yeah, it, it did in Britain. And then two other, just like real quick, like just want to mention these because I think they're great. Um, a movie called Triple Fisher, which you can't find anywhere. It's a fi- it's another film festival movie. It's bizarre and bonkers. I'm so surprised you put that on your list. It's just like such a weird, odd piece of filmmaking that like you gotta see this if it comes out. I would expect Agfa to put this out at some point, probably with Vinegar Syndrome. It's essentially taking three made-for-TV movies about a salacious story of Amy Fisher who killed her. Uh, her lovers who tried to kill her lover's wife they take the three tv movies that were released over a period of 48 hours one in what star one starring drew barrymore uh and then pieces them together into like one weird movie it's so weird yeah it's like <laughs> rashomon style tv trash you gotta you gotta check it out it, one of the biggest laughs we had all year in, in that movie uh and also amy simon says she dies tomorrow i think about this movie constantly it's super super strange actually you know if you want a real like david lynch night she dies tomorrow. Survival skills. Those those two movies together are a David Lynch film right there. And uh, she dies tomorrow. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, is like a contagion story where this girl goes, "I'm gonna die tomorrow," and then she starts telling everybody, and then other people go, "Oh, I'm also gonna die tomorrow." Dang! And it's just people 
like instead of like being eaten by zombies, like they're or just like infected with a thought. They're in, yeah, like they're infected with the thought that they're gonna die, and they believe it. And it's it's really really interesting, and just to, like to see how everybody deals with it differently, uh, and also just like some of the most hypnotic visuals that I've seen in in film this year. Like really enjoyed that movie. Super weird. <laughs> Did you have any other ones that you wanted to rattle off? Um. Not really horror, class action park, which I know oh, we yeah. we both totally enjoyed uh, a documentary about a theme park. Where was it in New Jersey? I believe it was in New Jersey, yeah. Uh, that was just like hard to believe really existed. And it actually interviews like kids that went and just like the, the crazy, like just completely unmoderated level of fun that was happening there. Oh yeah, people... You know, people died there is the craziest thing. And this documentary doesn't let them off the hook. But it was like a rite of passage to like go and and play at Class Action Park. Like, like, did you live if you didn't like slide down some of these crazy ass slides? Oh, man, like no common sense put behind any of the construction of that stuff. That's on HBO right now. You can check that out right away. Thank you. Because I was like, what is that on? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Mandibles, which we neither of us talked about. Right. I'm so surprised you didn't mention it. I totally assumed it was going to be on your list, so I didn't put it on mine. Uh, Giant Fly movie. If- Giant Fly movie. <laughs> made by the guy from the Killer Time movie. Yeah, uh, super lovely, super fun. Uh, I I really liked it. <laughs> oh, I almost forgot Detention from John Sue, which I think is available right now. You can check that out. Another movie we saw, Detention. Again, uh, from what I understand, based on a video game, but also based on real life and... Uh, it's like a Guillermo del Toro style ghost story where you're you're haunted by yourself almost. Uh, really enjoyed that one, but again, good cry. Like this, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2020 weird year. A lot of great stuff released this year. Uh, you Do you know, think the crying was just because it was a really hard year? I think so. I mean, it made it easier to cry. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I cried at a lot of movies. This oh year. yeah, cried at a lot of movies. I think this I year. cried at the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, about chess. (laughs) I mean, it's possible. So, I mean, uh, you know, we don't necessarily know what 2021 is going to look like. But again, what are you most looking forward to in 2021? Uh, Candyman. I am really overdue for some fucking Candyman. Oh, man, it was looking like we might have gotten it. But, you know, like, I'm glad that, uh, that, you know, they pulled it. It's... I don't like if 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 you're gunning for a theater release, and I feel this way for for all of these big movies that got pulled. If you're gunning for a theater release, thank you for holding it. Yeah, I honestly like I'm not afraid for theaters if if movies get if land on they land on VOD in 2020 because I think that's the safer way, like drive-ins and VOD. Because I don't personally feel safe to go back to a theater, and I know that as yeah. soon as I do feel safe, as soon as like we're vaccinated and all that fun stuff, then like I'm gonna be going back to a movie theater, whatever one exists. When I when I safely can and I will be there every day. Like, oh yeah, the I think communities need movie theaters. Movie theaters are are something that's that I know people that do, that only when occasionally are like hungry for. So like when we feel safe, we will go back. You just need to like survive until then. And if it means that like it's kind of a phoenix situation where like maybe a bunch of bigger companies die in favor of like smaller companies coming back in twenty twenty one and offering something new and different in that sphere, then. That's what's going to happen. I mean, everybody's in the chopping block right now. It's hard to say. Who knows what's going to survive? Like, apart from Amazon and Walmart, who are just, like, secretly cashing in like crazy. Grocery stores are going to own the world in 2022. I know it. Yeah. So, I mean, also on a side note, like, woo, uh, support support independent film and stuff however you can. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, pay for your movies, obviously. Rent them from 
from legitimate places. Any of the movies that we mentioned today, like obviously seek them out, go find them because a lot of these movies would have landed in theaters and just went straight to VOD and didn't really have a theatrical run. But also like support your local shops, order takeout from the the little restaurant down your street that you love that you haven't been to in months and months and months, order a burrito, order tacos from them support all those little shops because this has been like really long and hard for everybody like families and small businesses absolutely amazon doesn't need any help yeah fuck amazon <laughs> i mean 2021 i'm looking forward to uh you know i guess yeah going to the movie theater it's like it's like okay i guess you know like oh we're all vaccinated everything's safe i guess we'll go hug our parents and then we'll go to the movie theater <laughs> like that's kind of maybe like, the movie theater first <laughs> maybe who knows <laughs> i'll meet them at the theater you know like that's that's what's gonna happen we're going to the movie theater all of us we're sitting next to each other oh boy what a we novelty we might even eat out of the same popcorn bag. god damn. that seems like insane it might never happen now. again i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> i just like I, I might only ever i might never touch any of the food that goes in my mouth anymore it's just like i just lift the plate and drop it in like a duck it's so weird that basically all of 2019 you're the only human being that has been safe for me <laughs> to like communicate and be around you yeah, know what i mean weird, yeah. the only human being it's so weird. So weird. Yeah. Um, did you say what movies you were interested in, or are we just following I don't think a, I did. a quarantine yeah, like, tangent? I, again, still still want to see Halloween Kills. Still want to see Antlers. Still want to see Candyman. I think, oh, you know what? This just came to mind. Oh, Synchronic. Also, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're talking about Candyman and people who wanted a theatrical release. It had to wait. And like Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, directors of The Endless and Synchronic, were pretty vocal about not wanting their movie to go to the theater. But unfortunately, there was nothing they could do about it. And it was hitting the theater. And they were urging people, don't see our movie. It'll be on VOD in a few weeks. Synchronic is out. I thought it was great. Super weird. Strange. On VOD. You can totally check it out. Um, but I also, uh, I'm looking forward to the Jet Shepard Rob Savage movie that's coming from Blumhouse, like, I don't know, January, February? They gotta, really? Yeah! It's coming out early 2021! Wow! Looking forward to that! Um, I think they, they're doing, they're doing a bunch of stuff with Blumhouse, but, um, I, I, m- more than anything, I want to know what indie film was like in 2020, because we had more people looking for stuff on VOD, uh, more stuff got thrown to VOD that would have maybe gone to the theater, so, like, I'd like to find out if this was a good year for independent filmmakers it's hard, it's hard to say like i know it's it also see halted production like brandon christensen the guy who directed z is had just finished his movie super host um they were doing like a social distanced shoot on um i'm like i'm looking forward to see what that movie was like um it's just gonna be a weird year to like because we're just gonna like for the next 20 years look back at 2020 2021 with like a microscope yeah, and 2021 in terms of film release is going to be all weird catch-up. Like, it's going to be these movies that have been sitting in a film canister through the pandemic. Yeah, honestly, I think 2022 might be the best year for movies uh, of the last 10 years. Partly because so much stuff has been held over, but also, more importantly, I think, anything that hadn't started production is getting way more development and pre-production than they ever would have before. Part of that's probably going into logistics, but, I mean, in terms of, like, nailing down the script, finalizing things, smoothing edges, like, I think we're going to get a lot of, like, really polished movies. I mean, not, like, clean-looking movies, but, like, movies that are just, like, airtight in 2022. Hmm. That's Look, a really good point. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like every band, their first album is their best album because they it's they took them 10 years to write it and perfect it. And I think that's, what, that's maybe what's going to happen with indie film in 2022. I don't know. But those are our picks for 2020, our favorite released films, our favorite film festivals, and our honorable mentions. 
Tweet at us at NOFS Podcast and let us know what your favorite movies of 2020 were. All the the great stuff that you found this year, especially if you have stuff different from our list, things that we didn't mention. Maybe we missed them um, and we haven't even seen them yet. So we, we'd love to hear what you were interested in. Tweet at us at NOFS Podcast on Twitter. We are on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. If you haven't already checked out the new Fiend Club, we are at NOFSpodcast.com slash Fiend Club. It's six bucks a month and we have monthly live streams, watch parties. We have a Discord server now with a private channel and a public channel. If you want to check that out, that's NOFSpodcast.com slash Discord. There is tons of fun community spaces for you to check out to get even more Nightmare. Yeah, and over at the new Fiend Club, we're going to be dropping an episode of our favorite discoveries of 2020 because uh, there was a period where nothing was coming to the theaters and we were all stuck at home. And so we were, I, we, at least me, were, <laughs> took the opportunity to sit in front of the TV and do nothing but watch movies for three months. That's pretty much all I did. I made bread and I watched movies. Yeah, I, I've discovered more movies in 2020 than ever before and like we went way back like I have a movie from 1960 on my list I got some I got some old classics that are that were new to me so I'm really really excited to talk about them with John over at nofspodcast.com slash fiend club we're also going to be hosting a 24 hour horror movie marathon on New Year's Eve. <laughs> I felt that exhale. We're going to stay awake the entire time. We're going to watch 24 hours of horror movies. Uh, we're going to be hosting live on streamer with live, to prove that we're awake, live introductions for each film. Oh, boy. And uh, it's free and open to the public. Come spend New Year's Eve with us because you're probably stuck at home. That's going to be going from noon, December 31st, Eastern Standard Time, to noon, January 1st, Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be hosting that on Scener, and uh, it's free and open to everybody. Come say hi with us, ring in the new year, watch a scary movie or two. We're also going to be giving away prizes in between each movie to the members of the Fiend Club. Uh, all the details for that can be found at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Yeah, and it's going to be super fun if you've joined us for any of our previous watch parties. John makes a really fun pre-show. He's going to have some super fun stuff happening in between the movies. We're going to get some classic trailers, some really weird fucking commercials. And then, Ooh, yeah, I got some weird ones. <laughs> you're going to get some uh, really tired video interviews uh, from John and I, some little introductions that uh, I am... I I don't know if I'm looking forward to them, but I think it's going to be really weird come like 6 a.m. <laughs> it's going to get strange. I know it. Also, because it's New Year's, we're definitely going to be drinking, right? I didn't think about that. <laughs> it's going to be so hard to stay away. <laughs> you did this, John. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a struggle. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, New Year's Eve, nofspodcast.com slash club. Come celebrate with us. It's going to be weird. It's going to be wild. And uh, let's say goodbye to this fucking weird year. Oh yeah, let's put it. Let's put it behind us. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay, Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website at nofspodcast.com. And while you're at it, check out all of the other spine-tingling shows on the bloody, disgusting podcast network. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends.